0: Welcome to Speaking of Human Milk, where we give you bite-sized episodes on the latest science and innovation surrounding human milk. This podcast is brought to you by Prolacta Bioscience, a company dedicated to advancing the science of human milk. And I'm your host, registered dietitian, Kelly Hawthorne. Today, we will be speaking with Kim Carmignani, a neonatal nurse and unit director with over 34 years of experience working in both urban-based Level 4 teaching hospitals and community hospitals. I've known Kim for a few years now, and it's always a pleasure to talk to her. Today, we're going to be talking about the impact of an exclusive human milk diet on bronchopulmonary dysplasia in preterm infants. So thank you for joining us today, Kim.
1: It's my pleasure, Kelly. Good to talk to you again.
0: So first of all, can you talk a little bit about your experience using Prolacta donor human milk products? I think that would be a good starting point for our audience today.
1: Sure. So one of my hospitals that I worked at began using the Prolacta donor human milk products in about 2015. We started with the standard Texas Children's Guidelines that included using Fortifier for all of our babies that were less than 1,240 grams and under 32 weeks. And if one of our multiples received Prolacta, all of the multiples of the group did. We also followed the weeding guidelines as Prolacta recommended. Um, After a few years of using the Prolacta fortifier and donor milk um, proceeded, we began to fortify a little bit earlier at about 80 mL per kilo per day with Prolact plus six and plus eight and began to also use the Prolact CR, which is the cream human milk product. And we use this for specific cases where the infants or the babies were on the lower end of the growth curve. We also changed the criteria a little bit um, during this change to include infants that met this other criteria, but also um, for both gestational weight and age, but we excluded the multiples that were in the groups to remain within the guidelines.
0: It's always so great to hear from experts who have been using the products for a while and really uh, know how to use them to the benefit of the babies for their nutritional status. So for today's topic, we want to get right into bronchopulmonary dysplasia, or we call it BPD. And just so we're all on the same page here, can you describe for us what BPD is and why it is such a serious condition for
1: infants? Okay. So bronchopulmonary dysplasia in the NICU is something that we always worry about for our babies. It's also known as chronic lung disease of prematurity. It involves um, the abnormal development of lung tissue in babies and most often occurs in those babies who are born more than 10 weeks early and weigh less than 1,000 grams. We know that there are different degrees of BPD. Um, infants with mild BPD are usually still on oxygen at 28 days of life, but are off of oxygen at 36 weeks post-menstrual or post-gestational age. Moderate BPD includes infants that are on oxygen at 28 days and still need oxygen at 36 weeks post-gestational age or post-menstrual age but require less than 40% oxygen. So just around a little bit of oxygen. Severe BPD is the one that we really worry about and it's defined as the need for supplemental oxygen, both at 28 days of life, post 36 weeks gestational age or post menstrual age, and require more than 30% oxygen, often including CPAP or mechanical ventilation as well. BPD, we know, is associated with an increased risk of cerebral palsy in infants born earlier than 28 weeks of gestational age, and it's something that we always are worried about in the NICU.
0: Oh, yes, as a NICU dietitian, that is always on the forefront of our minds. It's always at the top of the list as we talk about each patient. Uh, do we know more, though, about uh, what the
1: what causes BPD? So we know that babies aren't born with BBT, BPD, but we know that um, it really develops over time. And it, it is caused mostly because we continue to give them oxygen into their lungs. Their alveoli sacs that they're born with are super premature and we need them to exchange gas in order to oxygenate. So we continue to use some sort of ventilation to get that done. Although we know it's necessary, we also can change how that alveoli develops after time of continual use of oxygen. And some of these babies, some will never actually develop alveoli as full-term infants like they would had they been born at full-term. The walls of alveoli just develop as thicker and stiffer alveoli, making gas exchange much more difficult. So while extreme prematurity and mechanical ventilation are really the most common causes of BPD, there are still other several factors that can influence it. Maternal infection can be one of the things that causes problems with lung development before delivery, and inspections post-delivery in the newborn period um, and oxygen administration lead to inflammatory responses that can also affect postnatal lung development. It's one of those things that you really wanna make sure that as we look at all the different things that a baby can go through as a premature infant that we um, consider all of the things both maternal and post delivery.
0: Oh, absolutely. As you said, it's so multifactorial and has such a a long outcome on the infants. Um, So how are we treating BPD these days in our NICUs?
1: So really, our primary focus should be on decreasing the risk of developing it. So there's been a lot of focus in the neonatal world on how to reduce ventilation in infants, especially in the last few years as we try through um, different modes of ventilation, whether it be CPAP or less invasive ventilation to decrease the damage that we cause to these babies' lungs. Um, Again, we need to ventilate them in order to oxygenate them, but we're trying to find modes that cause less trauma to their lungs. Um, We also know that administration of antinatal antinatal steroids has also shown to decrease the risk of BPD, and it helps with lung development post-delivery. Treatment for BPD is really focused on providing continuing support until the baby is able to oxygenate on their own. And so we're stuck between a rock and a hard place knowing that sometimes providing that causes more damage to the alveoli, but some babies with BPD require really long-term support, including some home ventilators, oxygen, tracheostomies, or medications such as bronchodilators, diuretics, and other steroids.
0: I think that's the best way to put it. Having BPD is like being between a rock and a hard spot.
1: It really yeah. is.
0: Um, and so adding on to that rock and a hard spot, um, how does having BPD put a baby at higher risk for other kinds of problems
1: too? Having BPD definitely puts babies at a higher risk for multiple rehospitalizations um, in the first few years of life. We know that babies have an increased risk of respiratory infections simply by the fact that their alveoli haven't developed and they don't have that reserve that normal infants do. They also have an increased risk of asthma in childhood. And we know that infants with BPD sometimes may have greater airway obstruction on lung function testing in later childhood. This can lead to an increased risk of developing chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD in adulthood and studies also show that there is a correlation between bpd and development infants with BPD sometimes are at risk for poor neurodevelopmental outcomes as well as poor academic progress in childhood we also see some of these babies have an increased risk of ADD.
0: it is such a complex status of this baby so how does nutrition affect respiratory status and BPD?
1: So nutrition is kind of the key to everything in, in premature babies, right? And we know that appropriate nutrition is always critical. Human breast milk is so important to infants um, and the benefits we know are even more pronounced in premature babies. We see benefits in many different facets of premature babies with human milk. And as I said earlier, infections and inflammation can contribute to the development of BPD. We know that breast milk decreases the risk of infection, and it also has anti-inflammatory properties. So we naturally know that it would have some sort of effect on the development of BPD. Because of the special nutritional requirements that a preterm infant has, fortification of breast milk is necessary to be able to give those babies what they need. Um, studies have shown that we, the risk of BPD um, and developing it is decreased in premature infants who are fed prolactin human milk-based fortifiers, and that the exclusive human milk diet is really important and shows a big difference when compared to infants who receive cow milk-based fortifiers. Prolactin fortifiers added to breast milk overwhelmingly provide nutritional benefits that address the short-term needs for the critically and acutely ill premature babies.
0: Yes, when I was at Texas Children's Hospital, we also looked at BPD rates in our NICU. And the study I worked on with Dr. Amy Hare and Dr. Steve Abrams there in Houston back in 2016 showed that babies who got an exclusive human milk diet had about a 9% reduction in their incidence of BPD when we compared them to babies getting the cow milk-based human milk fortifiers. And it was just incredible for me to see a change in a respiratory disease by changing their nutrition that we were providing to them. you know, Usually we see changes in the GI system and outcomes with with that, but to, to see an entirely different organ system like the respiratory status to be changed because of their nutrition was really exciting for me as a registered dietitian. I was really excited to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, it really does remind you of how important nutrition is for the premature babies, their entire body, right? What what we do for their nutrition affects so many different systems. It, it is amazing. And we continue to find things out. It, in, 19, in 2019, there was another study that came out of the University of Virginia that showed the use of human donor milk-based fortifiers as part of the exclusive human milk diet reduced rates of BPD by 16.5% in their NICU. It's an incredible number and something that really will have a large impact on the population of these babies and the outcomes of these babies.
0: Wow, that's so great considering what we've been discussing here regarding their acute and long-term risks and, uh, and all the other uh, you know, risks of rehospitalizations and all of that thing that we've been talking about with BPD. So yeah, to see a difference in nutrition impacting those rates like that is, is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, you were also part of the study that looked at the prolactin human milk cream product in babies with BPD, correct?
0: Yes, that was the cream study that we published in 2016. And in that study, half the babies were randomized to receive the prolacta cream product if their mom's own milk or if the donor milk was less than 20 calories per ounce, you know, that that magical number that we always consider to be the standard calories in breast milk. So we added enough cream to bring the caloric content up to 20 calories per ounce exactly. And then we added the prolactive fortifier and fed the baby that. Um, the other half of the infants were randomized to our control group that didn't receive any cream. Uh, we just analyzed their, the, the milk that they were receiving and um, our analysis showed that there was a trend towards significance showing a shorter length of stay among babies with BPD who got the cream versus those who didn't. And again, all we changed was that we were just adding the cream to make sure that they were actually getting the calories and the nutrition that we assumed they were with that 20 calorie per ounce estimation. And in that study, we found that BPD babies who got the cream had about a two and a half week shorter length of stay, which is just really incredible. So Switching gears slightly, resource allocation is also a big concern for hospitals. So how have you seen that the use of an exclusive human milk diet is beneficial for cost savings?
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we look at um, in hospitals with premature infants with NICUs is length of stay. Length of stay is something that we are held accountable to for a lot of different organizations, but we know that during the first year of life, any babies that are born um, extremely prematurity with a diagnosis of BPD, BPD have longer hospital stays and definitely, as we talked about before, more rehospitalizations than, than very low birth infants that don't have BPD. Um, This translates into about a 54% increase in hospitalization costs for these babies. It's really not only the cost, but also, you know, the emotional piece that happens to these families is also super important. Um, Dr. Assad's study in 2015 showed 9% lower BPD rates, and more recently, the University of Virginia NICU achieved a 16.5 decrease and BPD in preterm infants receiving Prolactis products as part of an exclusive human milk diet when they are compared to babies that receive monzoed milk with cow-based fortifiers. It's just an incredible difference. Um, and, and because of all the things that we talked about, the inflammatory process and, and just the toleration that babies have is so different. When it's used as part of an exclusive human milk diet, the Prolactis products have been shown to improve outcomes for premature babies, as well as being cost effective for hospitals and families and lots of other people.
0: Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Before we go, do you have anything else that you want to be sure our listeners know about BPD and donor human milk products for NICU babies?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that we get, get is so exciting about this is we just keep gaining more knowledge about the relationship between nutrition and the exclusive human milk diet and the comorbidities that are associated with prematurity. With what we know and the significant improvement in those outcomes, the studies are showing it becomes even more evident that an exclusive human milk diet is really the right way to provide infants for our um, very low birth weight infants and NICUs. And it will spread to more diagnoses and other things that will show improved outcomes with exclusive human milk diet.
0: Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us um, about BPD. It's a It's a very important population in our NICUs. And it was such a pleasure talking with you. I hope that you stay safe and healthy and are able to to take care of uh, a lot more babies during this time right now. And for our listeners, links to information discussed will be available in the show notes. And as always, we look forward to bringing you future topics on the Science of the